This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. A different view on aging, a different view on aging, and we need to have uh, a different view than the world. Uh, we're born again, we're bought by the blood of the Lamb, we are a, a special people, uh, we need to have a different view than the world. And so we're going to look at, Pastor Coles has, has given us the looks in the past, he's built the foundation for today's lesson, uh, and I know we've had a two-week break, but hopefully we can get back up to speed here. But this lesson focuses on you, and it focuses on me, and the opportunities, the opportunities that we have to make a difference in our world as we grow old, uh, as Pastor Coles calls it. The lesson takes a biblical view, just like Pastor Asher was talking about today, but it takes a biblical view of how we are to live as old people, uh, and it seriously, I mean, listen, this lesson seriously encouraged me as I read it and put it together, and I pray that it encourages you as, as well. If we can just get a grasp and believe in our hearts what the Word of God says about aging and how we're to live our lives, it will encourage us greatly and give us a good, fresh, good, good outlook on, on things. Thankfully, Christians can have a very, very different view uh, of aging than the unbelieving world out there. Our view on aging should be a view that God sets forth uh, throughout the entire Bible, uh, which Pastor Coles has already alluded to in passages he looked at in Genesis and Philippians and 2 Corinthians and others. And while there is in Scripture a clear recognition of the fall in the Garden of Eden and the misery that it brought, especially to those of us approaching the end of our lives. Uh, but it, there is that misery, uh, but it's there. But it's also a joyous note of triumph uh, in Scripture. Uh, that is the hope of the saints. That's the hope, the assurance, the confidence that we have in the Word of God that we apply to our lives as we age. And so the tragedy of aging is offset by the triumph of growing into what God wants us to be. And that is the, the thing we're looking at today. Robert Browning says, grow old along with me, the best is yet to be. Uh, and that's really a sweet romantic sentiment, isn't it? But probably not true for us. But as I thought on that, I thought, you know what? Spiritually speaking, it's true. The older we are, the more spiritually mature we are, the more we grow in Christ, the more we're grounded in the Word, the sweeter life is. Uh, and that's, I, that encouraged me right there. I could just pack up and go home. I'm encouraged by that. Uh, so we'll look at that, Roman numeral one. Your blank there is biblical. Uh, what is the biblical view of aging? And the Bible has much to say about aging. It really does. And this morning we're going to look at a number of passages of Scripture and see how the Word of God applies directly to you and to me. I timed myself doing this lesson and it came out to 56 minutes. I don't have 56 minutes, but I do want to get it all in. So I'll speak fast, you listen fast, and we'll get it all in. <laughs> biblical aging, letter A. The biblical view is realistic. It's a realistic view 
on aging that we find in the Bible. The biblical view on aging should give us this realistic attitude. And it's an attitude that makes all the difference in the world and how we live our lives uh, as we age. The Bible, yes, it fully acknowledges the hard things that are connected with aging. And you know, the, 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 the eyes get dim, the teeth fall out, and all those other things. You have to have hearing aids. Brother Earl says, I, since I last met you, I have AIDS. And everyone goes, oh, he says, in both ears. You know? <laughs> I couldn't get away with doing that, but Brother Earl's can. But in any event, uh, the Bible talks about those things. And yes, they're true. But the Bible brings to the equation a stronger, a stronger, more potent counterpart to the negative facets of aging. Uh, in the truth of scriptures, we find the promises and the power of God for the present in our lives and for the future as we continue at age. There is hope, and there's a great hope, folks, if we get hold of God's word. There's a great hope for now, in this present life, and for eternity. How many of you are looking forward to eternity? Amen. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. The unbelieving world knows nothing about the promises of God, knows nothing about this power that we're talking about, so it has nothing substantive to bring to aging. It has nothing substantive to offer us. A large part of the believers living cheerfully, we're able to do that now, is the ability to look ahead because we've been taught by the Word of God. We have that knowledge, we have that understanding, we know what's gonna happen. So we have this ability uh, to look ahead and that uh, helps us to get through. It's a large part of how we're able to cheerfully live now. We look ahead to a perfect future of happiness uh, and bliss in which sin and all the effects will be washed away. God said it. I believe it. That settles it, whether I believe it or not. God said it. And as the Apostle Peter put it, Christians look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness is at home. Praise God. Looking forward to that day. In contrast to the unbelieving world's view that we just mentioned, the Christians must look ahead to the greatest, the greatest period in our lives. We need to know that to die is gain, a great gain, a fantastic gain, a gain that we cannot imagine, that we can't even fathom, and that is to be with Christ. It's far better than being here, far better. Philippians 1, 21 and 23 says that. But the biblical view, the biblical view should be our, should be yours, should be my realistic view of what our future holds for us. So that brings us to the second positive thing about aging and letter B, your blank there is anticipation. Anticipation, the Bible, uh, the biblical view contains anticipation. And anticipation is plainly one of the happiest things that, that one experiences in life. Just, you know, you've, you've probably been there and done that. You're driving down the road and a little kid in the back, are we there yet, are we there yet, are we there yet? I can't wait to get there. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, are we there yet, are we there yet? That's anticipation. That's the way the child looks at the journey that he's on. That's the way we should look at the journey we are on through life with anticipation. And that's what the Bible's talking about. If you're going to take a trip, the anticipation though is often more exciting 
than the reality you find when you arrive. Couldn't wait to see the Grand Canyon, but when I got there, it was just a big ditch in the ground and a lot of rocks and trees and stuff, and I was afraid of those, you know, they got those snakes out there, and who knows what all's in the desert. Uh, so, but you know, the anticipation can be better than when we really get there. And from childhood on, people have enjoyed looking forward to happenings. Earthly anticipation may be good, but based on the unalterable promises of God, our expectations are of a future that will turn out even better than expected. You may have to be taking a journey. <laughs> Brother, you've been on a lot of journeys here recently, haven't you? <laughs> And you have those expectations of what it's going to be like, and they're good. But nothing compares uh, to God and what he has laid up for us. Uh, to be present or past-oriented, if that's the way we live our lives in the present or the past, uh, rather than the future, to be future-oriented, it's a sad situation. Uh, the past cannot be relived. It's gone. It's finished. Uh, it's out of here. And while we can bring pleasant memories from the past into the, future, into the present, it can do little to buoy up those that have forever lost that which has passed them by. How many times have you heard someone, oh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. Don't live like that. You know, that past is gone. Let's live now. Let's look to the future. We've got things to do for God, uh, and we need to go on. Uh, Christians should not seek solace from those past memories and, and the world's present offerings. Instead, what we need to do is we should look forward to what God has laid up for us in the future. Old age for the believer is one period in, in, in life when we know we are soon approaching, soon, sooner than others for some and some for others, but soon, uh, we'll be approaching this certain, <coughs> joyous future. Grab hold of that biblical truth. Hang on to it. Make it part of your life. Believe it. Live it. Live it out. You can have the head knowledge, but you need the heart knowledge too. You need to make it part of your life. Uh, and that's what God is telling us. The realities of the Christian's future are strong weapons in the fight of the ravages of aging. Enjoy anticipating your future. People are able to endure much when they know that just over the horizon lies something worth looking forward to. Yes, we get up in the morning and we got the little pains and all that, but I get to go to church today. I get to meet with God's people. I get to see the smiles. I get to interact. I get to talk to them. It's that sort of thing. We get up and yes, we hurt. Yes, we ache. And we, it may take us a minute to stretch and stand up. But we know that we're going on for the Lord. We got heaven ahead of us. And if I drop over a heart attack right now, praise the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That should bring us great joy and encourage us and make us happy. Uh, so now let's turn to some other helps that God has provided for those that reach old age. Uh, Roman numeral two. Here's a question for you. What is your view on aging? What is your view on aging? And here's, we'll kind of like get to the rubber meets the road. This question is crucial, and the answer to that question, however you answer it, 
will go a long way to determining whether or not you will enjoy old age. God wants us to enjoy old age. So what's your view on aging? And so we're going to begin by considering uh, just a bit, some verses and stuff about what God has to say concerning aging. And his attitude, his attitude toward the issues of aging should have much to do with how you and I view aging. How God views it will have much to do with how you and I live through it. So we need to understand and how God looks at it. The Bible makes it clear that God respects age, to sum it up. So now let's look at the, if, and see if your view of aging matches God's view of aging. Uh, and we're going to go to letter A, aging is to be desired. We want to grow old. We should want to grow, we should want to age. In scripture, old age is, is desired and considered a reward for faithfulness. In Genesis 15, 15, remember what God told Abram? He says, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. A good old age. So Abraham, uh, you, know, you need to desire to be old. You're going to do that. Uh, old age is spoken of positively. It's considered a reward to die in peace at a good old age. Uh, and the Christian can die in peace. The Christian can die with a smile on his face. The Christian can be at rest when he passes on. And in Isaiah 65, 20 and Zechariah 8, 4, old persons living out their days and surviving into good age is considered a fine thing. And as you read through the Bible this year, and I, I encourage you, I, I pray you're reading through the Bible. Uh, Judy and I enjoy it, and we, we have this capability on our little thing there, whatever it is, that it can read it to us. So we can read it and have it said to us So we're getting it in our eye gate, getting it in our ear gate, and we enjoy it. And we, and we see some neat things in there. We'll, we'll pause and say, hey, did you see that? You see? It's good. Read through your Bible. I'm not bragging on us, please. Don't get me wrong. But I just want to encourage you to read through your Bible this year if you're not. It's never too late to start doing that. Um, so look for those passages as you read through the scripture. Uh, look for anything at all that would indicate God's uh, perspective on uh, aging and how he supports it. And how he supports the idea that old age is a blessing uh, to be desired. And then letter B, aging is satisfying. Aging is satisfying. And I put Psalm 91.16 there in your notes. With long life I will satisfy him, the word God says. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Uh, Psalm 91.16, old age satisfies. God's word says he will satisfy me in old age. Happy days. I'm glad of that. Uh, I, I appreciate that. And that is good enough for me when God says it. That's, that's wonderful. Notice that God did not say long life would be easy. He doesn't say that. But he says he will satisfy us in our old age. And we need to focus on the Lord and not our circumstances. If we focus on the Lord, we'll be satisfied. If we f focus on our circumstances, we're asking for trouble and you know how that goes. When Peter was walking on the water, everything was fine. Until he started looking at the storm around him, his circumstances, and that's when he started to sink. 
We've got to keep our focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. So letter C, aging is rewarding. Aging is rewarding. The fifth commandment we find in Exodus 20, uh, verse 12, uh, sets forth long life on the land as a reward of children, or a reward children receive for honoring their fathers and mothers. Uh, it's good for children to honor their fathers and mothers. And that's something that, uh, that we would receive as a reward uh, for aging properly. Ephesians 6, 2 tells us that the uh, first com- this is the first commandment with promise, to honor your father and mother. First commandment with promise. Letter D, aging is honorable. Aging is honorable. Understand this one. This will help you a lot if you don't think aging is honorable. Gray and white hairs are honored, especially on the head of the righteous. Proverbs 16, uh, 31 tells us that. Uh, the hoary head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. In the way of righteousness. In Daniel 7, 9, God the Father is represented as the Ancient of Days, uh, whose hair is said to be white like wool. God could hardly be described as ancient if there was a problem with that. Uh, if in any ways that such a description would be derogatory, then you wouldn't refer to God as the ancient of days. So there is uh, honor in being old and having that gray hair. Clearly, uh, the opposite is true. Add to the description of the risen, glorified Christ found in uh, Revelation, or I know it's in Revelation. I just grabbed two pages instead of one. I hate it when my hands get dry. In Revelation 1, 14, it speaks of uh, one whose hair is like wool, white as snow. And, of course, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I have Revelation 1, 14 in your notes, right? And you can read that. His head and hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. Well, uh, if aging isn't honorable, then we wouldn't be talking about God the Father and God the Son like that. So uh, we need to understand that. That brings us to Roman numeral three. How does God, and your word there is God, how does God uh, treat the aging? Isaiah 46, four says, and this is how God treats aging. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to the whoreheads will I carry you. I have made and I will bear even I will carry and will deliver you. Does that sound like a promise that you want to anchor your old age in? Absolutely. Does it sound like something else you may have heard, like I will never leave thee or forsake thee? Absolutely. God's, the Bible's full of promises, and we don't have time to go through all the scriptures that are pertinent here. But understand that. God says, even I will carry and I will deliver you. God is concerned about the age and he makes it clear that he will not abandon the aged. But as he has helped them throughout their lives, he will continue to do so as they grow old. Has he been there for us, folks? Amen, he has. Yes, he has. Do you think he's gonna leave us now? I don't think so. Not according to his word. 
God says that. That passage in and of itself ought to be quite reassuring to those who wonder where God is in their time of aging. He's just where he has always been. The problem that we might really need to address is where are we in our relationship to him? The real issue is about who has left whom. God is there. God is for us. God's word is true. He said he'd be there. He said he'll carry us. But we can turn our back on him. And we can focus on our circumstances and get in our little pity parties and say, woe is me. Oh, how horrible my life is. And we can be like the pastor talked about Job. Uh, but we don't want to get there. We don't want to go there. Thank you, Lord. I, I'm only 75 compared to some old people <laughs> that sit on this side. I'm not going to tell you where, but kind of toward the front. <laughs> you know, I'm not as old as some old people, but I thank the Lord for the 75 years he's given me. Praise God for that. Uh, and he allows me to go on. And some of you uh, have a lot more years to praise God for. Uh, we thank God for our lives and what he's done for us. Uh, and I'm getting off track. I get it back down here. Uh, it's important to note that nowhere in the Bible is age looked down upon as undesirable, except in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, which uh, Pastor Coles uh, talked about uh, be two weeks ago now. Everywhere else, age is considered, and it's even extolled, uh, as a decided blessing. Uh, and when you count your blessings, count your blessing that you're old, uh, that you've got some age on you. How can that be written, admittedly, when we have so much physical loss? How can we say it's good to be old when we have so much physical loss? Well, please turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 71. Psalm chapter 71. And we're going to look at that and look at some, some verses there. Um, and I want to encourage you to read this psalm when you get home. I have two passages of scripture that I'm assigning as homework to read and read and reread, uh, especially maybe when you have those days. Yesterday there was a pastor's, or Friday, they had a pastor's appreciation. There was a message about David. It talked about King David, and we think of all the wonderful things he did, but the preacher brought out, you know, there were some days when David just hid in a cave. Not every day was glory for him. Some days he was just dodging javelins being thrown at him by Saul. Not every day we're on top of a mountain. Some days we come down into the valley. And so just remember that as we go on. But Psalm 71, and we must understand the biblical viewpoint so that we're able Folks, not only to help ourselves get through the aging process, but we can be a blessing to others. We can share our knowledge, our, our things that have happened in the past. We can share that with others. And the more we know about Scripture, the more, we can, more Scripture we can share with others. And that's why it's good uh, to know Scripture. If you can't remember all of the 24 verses of Psalm 71, at least remember Psalm 71 uh, and then you can sit down with a friend and, and read through that. So Psalm 71, letter A, uh, under how does God treat the aging? Letter A, God is merciful to the aged. God is merciful 
to the aged. Uh, in times of trouble, in times of doubt, in times of difficulty, an aged person has much to recall as he looks back over God's many mercies to him. When we do so, we cannot but fail to recognize God's faithfulness to us. Look at Psalm 71, verse 6. It says, By thee have I holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. Then drop down to verse 17. Uh, and it says, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. And hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. And I hope you can see that God is there. Even when we're in the womb, he's there with us. All the way till he takes us to glory. And everywhere in between. Uh, and that's what we learn here from the Psalms. And that's where our past, that's where our past memories and things like that become operative in our present. Uh, it's not the past per se. Uh, that is useful to the believer. But here's what is important. It's remembering the past mercies of God. That's what we want to remember. That's what we want to focus on. That's what we want to bring to the table when we start thinking about our aging and how we're going to get through it. By recalling them, we are able to understand that the God who has been faithful to us will certainly continue to be faithful in the days ahead. And I, that, that gives me a reason to stand up just a little bit straighter and keep on going uh, and, and get through the day. The past, when it's viewed like that, brings us reassurance. It brings us confidence. It brings us an understanding of how things are going to be. And younger persons rarely have so much evidence of God's mercies to which to turn. They haven't got to the point to where maybe they couldn't put food on the table. They haven't got to the point where they needed to make a rent payment or a house payment. They haven't got to the point to where my wife's going to have a baby and, and God be merciful and have that child delivered well. They haven't experienced those things. But folks, we have. We've been there and done that. And so we recall those times when God was merciful to us, when he helped us through, and those we can share with those younger people. Older Christians have much evidence to recall that God is merciful. Amen. We can praise the Lord for that. Letter B, God is gracious to the age. This is another way he treats you. He's gracious to the age. Older persons who have lived long with the Lord over a long period of life, learning about their own deficiencies and their need to turn to God as their helper, are in a position to realize their present need of him more than others. Moreover, nothing is said about the fading or decline of God's grace. In other words, we've been there, we've experienced it. And so we have those memories that we can remember of God being merciful, God being there for us, and, and we can bring those to the table as we go through life. Uh, younger people don't have that, and that's what we're saying here. And God, there's nothing in the Word of God that says, I will carry you till you get to Social Security. I will carry you till you get to be three score and ten. None of that. God's going to be there with us to the end. 
And if you believed that when you were 20, you believed it when you're 30, you believed it when you're 50, believe it when you're 70, believe it when you're 80, believe it when you're as old as Ron Reed <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> believe it in your old age. 2 Corinthians 4.16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man, outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Boy, just think on that. <laughs> I can't do what I used to do. But boy, inside, I feel like I can. I feel like I could run a mile. But my, my body says, you, you're, no, you ain't going there. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't even try it. Don't think about it. Let her see. God is good to the aged. As we grow older, we can continue to be a witness to others by declaring God's goodness to us. In Psalm 71, verses 14, 15, 17, and 18, 14 says, But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. And I underline that, for I know not the numbers thereof. Verse 17, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. And hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Verse 18. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Think on those words. Think on those words. We have so much more to tell in old age. And we, and we have more time to do it, too. And that's what we're saying here. Verse 15. I know not the number of the days. Uh, i got to share this illustration with you. There, I, I watched an elderly gentleman uh, as he was recounting his youth. And there was a little stream, maybe this wide, that he used to hop across as a teenager and young age. And so we were walking back to where he used to hunt, and he went to hop across that little stream. And he didn't make it. His foot got wet. But you know what? He didn't stop talking about what he used to do. He, stopped, he kept on recounting those days. It was my brother-in-law, and we used to hunt back there together. And when he didn't make it across the stream, it broke my heart. But it didn't stop. He just kept on talking. Remember, Gene, how we used to hunt back here? I'd go up on that hill. A groundhog would come out down there by that tree. And just recounting those days. Folks, it's like that for us. No, we can't do the things we used to do. But we can still tell how God was there for us and what he did for us. And I know I keep saying the same thing over and over again. But God has been so good to us. God has been so good to us. Uh, Roman numeral four. What is the aging to do? What is the aging to do? Other psalms speak about the blessings of age. For instance, Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. Understand who the righteous are. Understand you, dear Christian brother and sister, are the righteous. Listen to God. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. And I think the next is talking about Bob Turner. They shall be fat and flourishing. 
Not sure who that's talking about. Maybe it's talking about me. They shall be fat and flourishing. And, and of course, fat's not physical fat. It's talking about we're going to be well-rounded with a lot of stuff and, and flourishing. To show, <laughs> I tried to get out of that, and I can't do it. <laughs> But it's all there for the last verse to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. As long as we have the Lord as our rock from the youth up, we have these memories, these remembrances, those things we can recount, the things that we have with us. And God, if God is for us, who can be against us? So not even old age. Letter A. What is the aging to do? Letter A, bear fruit or just pick it? Bear fruit or just pick it. An older person can be like a fruit-bearing tree that still produces in old age. You, sir, you, ma'am, you can be uh, producing in old age. There's no need to dry up and fade away in old age, as many do. There's no need for you to waste your last years of your life watching TV or being on Facebook or TikTok or whatever those things are out there. You can still have a productive place in God's kingdom if only you will. You got two paths to take. You can sit and do whatever or you can do something. And we'll get into that a little bit more. We need to bear fruit. And this is one of the great differences between those that are happy in old age and those that are not happy in old age. Those who uh, sit around. People with time on their hands who do nothing in the service of Christ tend to become ingrown, self-centered, and sicker than those who are busy with productive ministry. So that's reason enough right there just to get involved in something. Uh, the productive older person's ministry may differ from their, from their ministries in earlier times, but every older believer is still conscious that still conscious may serve in some capacity. There's something you can do. And part of the excitement of the whole thing is finding new and suitable ministry for one's remaining capabilities. Praising God to others and finding something worthwhile to do for God is the way to stay fresh and green in old age. You want to stay fresh in old age? Find a ministry. Do something. Praise God. Uh, thank Him for all that He's done. When people fail to find something to do as they age, they dry up. Bottom line, look around. Look around. Find something to do. You can't find anything, then pray and ask God to drop those scales from your eyes and let you see something that he wants you to get involved in, even if it's just a prayer ministry. Uh, and that's, and I shouldn't say it like that, because prayer, uh, without prayer, uh, we're nothing. Uh, our pastor needs our prayer support. The ministries of this church need our prayer support. This afternoon, Bob Schofield will be uh, taking us into the nursing home ministry. And some of those people, uh, this may be their last chance to hear the gospel. Uh, we need your prayers this afternoon as we go. So there's a lot of things that you can pray about. Uh, but 
what better time to learn something new than in old age? Uh, Augustine put it this way, I cannot think that it is at any time of life too late to learn. As long as you've got your mind and you're active, you can learn something, do something. Uh, so part of the excitement is, hey, let's play this mystery game or whatever. Lord, show me what you want me to find. Get on your face before God and say, Lord, give me something that you want me to do, something where I can be productive and useful in your life. Uh, letter B, praise God or just complain? Praise isn't always easy, and we understand that, especially when one has aches and pains, but it's always possible. It must be practiced, and that is what the Septuagint version of Psalm 71:24 says, my tongue shall practice speaking. There's a Greek word there that I'm not going to try and pronounce, but Psalm 71:14 puts it this way, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. The thrust of this verse is that as one grows older, his ability and desire to praise God should increase, not decrease. The older we get, the more we understand about God and what he's done and how he does things. We should be more interested in praising him. And here's the point. God's in control. God is in control. We need to praise him regardless of our circumstances, as Pastor preached this morning about Job. Uh, all of us could use some practice in praising God in, in this area. So ask God to help you praise Him. Let her see. Gain knowledge or just sleep. Gain knowledge or just sleep. Uh, people are not let off the hook because of old age. There's no age limitation on the promise of chapter 73 of Psalm and verse 24. It says, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. That lasts. That promise from God lasts a lifetime. So don't think you're too old for that. But as Psalm 1 makes it clear, the counsel is found in the Bible. And as we age, we gain more and more knowledge as we read the Word, meditate on the Word, hear the Word preached. It is clear that we are to continue learning until the end, and that learning is to be turned into life and praise. Life and praise, the knowledge that we have. God wants us to be growing uh, in all of our days. One of my favorite illustrations of this is Judy's mother lived to be in 93, but when she was living in Florida in her 80s, and she'd read the Bible all her life, but she would call in her late 80s, and a conversation would be like, hey, Jean, guess what I learned from the Bible today? And I thought, man, she's been reading the Bible her whole life, and she's still learning from it in her late 80s. Older than you, Pastor. <laughs> but it was such a joy. And that was encouraging to me. When she called and told me that, I thought, wow, if she's still learning in her 80s, I can be learning too. And, and all of us can. And First uh, Peter, uh, well, wait a minute. Let me back up. Okay, so we can continue to learn. And then letter D, drive on or just drift. We're going to drive on or just drift. The Christian should gain finishing power to end of the race. And we know we, we should run harder, not necessarily physically, but we should be more determined rather than slowing down in old age. Not only will we have more time to devote to some sort of ministry, but we also should be more adept and efficient at it. We should have learned how to do it, 
over the years. And these traits can make up for the physical impediments that we're certainly going to have that may slow us down. But it's important, it's important, folks, for the younger people to see us actively involved in some sort of ministry. Uh, and then uh, drive on or just drift. The Christian should gain finishing power. Uh, I just went through that, didn't I? Yeah. Okay, so my illustration, how I want to illustrate that is one of my heroes of the faith, Dr. James Earls. He'll be 90 coming up here on Valentine's Day, fought for years. He told me, he said, Gene, I fought for years to go into the nursing home, but now that I'm here, I have better ministry than I've had in years. So he's driving on, uh, even though he'll be 90. Uh, he's led people to the Lord in the nursing home. Uh, what? We gotta go on. First Peter uh, 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Always. Young, old, agile, in a wheelchair, always means always. The answer, they're gonna get a lot of questions. Why do you go to church? Why do you tithe? Do you have an answer for that? Why do you not support abortion? Do you have an answer for that? Are you ready with an answer? We should be ready always. Folks, listen. The statistics say that over 60% of Hampton Roads does not claim to have any religious affiliation at all. They are looking for an answer. We have the true answer. We need to be ready to share our answer, God's word, the truth, the answer with them. They're going to get an answer somewhere. If they don't get it from us, they're going to get it from the world out there. So letter E, encourage the next generation or just ignore them. There is a generation coming up behind us whom we must continue to make Christ known. If we do not like the way the next generation is turning out, we can do something to change him. And that's the burden of Psalm 71 verse 18. It says, now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that has come. I have Psalm 78, I believe, in your notes. Eight verses. Let's read them. Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make known to their children. Notice it said he commanded to make known to the children. Not an option. That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should, raise, who should arise and declare them to their children. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be as their fathers, a stubborn, stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Read, reread, understand, make this part of your life. There is a generation out there. And as an older generation, we have an obligation. The Bible says commanded. 
we have an obligation and an opportunity, God has given it to us, to affect the future and good of those that come behind and for the glory of God. We need to be busy about that. Let's make that, make the most of that opportunity. And I don't want you to miss what God's telling us. We're talking about generation, a generation coming behind us. What does that mean to you? What's your view of the next generation? Well, my view is it's the next generation in my family and in my grandchildren. And also, we have a church family uh, that we need to be a part of, as we've talked about already, set the example, share with them our experiences. We have a family in our workplace or wherever we're at or whatever we're doing. Those people that come behind that are younger than us, less experienced, less, less mature in the Lord, that we have an obligation uh, to make God and his mercies and his goodness known to them. So uh, we will age. There's no choice in that. We're going to go on. Uh, but the next generation does have a choice. We don't have a choice. We're going to age. They do have a choice. And they're going to make their choice one way uh, or the other. Uh, and so we want to guide them in the right choice, the path of life. And the only answer for the future is Jesus. That's the only answer. I heard a thing the other day talking about if a ship is singing, what you don't, or if a ship is sinking, what you don't want to be doing is shining the, the ship's bell as it's sinking. There's more important things to do. Uh, but get involved with rescuing the perishing, I think is the idea there. Uh, we must encourage them and give them the opportunity, at least give them a chance uh, to repent, come to know Christ, and give their lives to him. So in conclusion, uh, here is your realistic view on aging. Revelation 21, number one says, I, And I saw a new heaven, new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. I read that, and here's what I want you to get from that. John saw in the future what was going to happen. We are going to see it too. All those things that John recorded are things that's going to happen, and the saints of God will be there to see it too. Folks, there's coming a day when he's going to wipe away all tears. All things are going to be made new. Imagine living in a world with no fire department, no police department, no doctors, no nurses, no patient first, no health care, no, no uh, hospice, none of this stuff. We don't need it anymore. Uh, that's where we're headed. That should encourage us. That should excite us. That should help us uh, to have a better, more realistic view uh, of aging. And so as we conclude... We need to go away from this lesson today with a new and fresh view of aging. And I pray that somehow this lesson has helped you. It helped me a lot. I hope it did you as well. So let's all pray that God will give us a divine wisdom on what we should do and how we should live out our lives in this matter of aging.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time in your word. Lord, uh, help people to forget everything I said, but help them to remember everything you said in your word. And Lord, help us to wrap our minds around it. Help us to make this our life that we actually live your word as you desire us to do. And help us to remember and recall those wonderful things you have done in our past and help us to be quick to share them with the next generation. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.